right? Let's give it up for our praise team in the house this morning. Thank the Lord for them. Amen. We'll get all the puppies back in a box this morning. That's awesome. That's good. Good to have everyone. Everybody have a great Christmas. Where's all my Where's all my children at? My children, come on up here. Come on up here. Where's my children at? I got it. They're in here today. There's no children's church today. So come on up. What's up, girl? How are you? What's up, girl? It's all right. You want, you want to do that? Okay. All right. I might get some germs. What's up, brother? You, I love your hat, man. I want to get one. I want to. What's up, girl? How you doing? Come on up here. Let's have a seat. Have a seat right here. Is this all? Is this all of them? Oh, my goodness. Um, I want you all to know, too, I, I've got some children here today, too, right here on the front row. I love that they're here for the week. So we get to spend some time together. So good. Y'all have a great Christmas? Yeah. Is that right? So how good was your Christmas? It was really good. Like, what was, what was your most favorite thing that you got? What did you get? Um, the crybaby. The crybaby. Oh. <laughs> Does it cry a lot? Yes. Does it take over for you? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Hey, I know. And I like your necklace up there. Is that a Christmas present? Is that right? I like what's on. What, what is it? What is it? On, what's on there? What is that? It's a cross. Oh, how special that is. It's a cross, right? So what, what? I love the rainbow spots. I saw a rainbow this morning come to church. How about you? You saw one? I saw one this morning. What'd y'all get? What'd y'all do? You have what? You turn this thing on for me, uh, Brother Danny. You turn the mic on for me here, brother. I think it's on. Hold on so I'm gonna get, I want everybody to hear you. Is it unmuted? Testing? Nope. There it is. Testing. There you go. So say, say it again. All over again. Can you remember it? I had a game room upstairs and it has two bean bags that we really like. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. How about you over here on the end? State your name. Juliana. Juliana. Isn't she sweet? <laughs> so how was your Christmas? Was it good? The best. The best, man. So when you say best, it's like, what is best? What would best be? I got, um, it was so, so fun and cool. Why is it really? So do you like get up early in the morning on Christmas Day? No, we actually uh, did it after lunch. Oh, you did it after lunch. Wow. Uh, You like that, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's cool. You, You did what? did it before breakfast. Before breakfast. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, I got you. So you had to go from one house to the next house. Because the more houses you go to, the more presents you get, right? No, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. Okay, okay, that's cool. Uh, we first did it at our house, my, my mom and dad's present. Then we uh, went to our grandparents' house, and we did uh, my grandparents and my aunts and uncle. Who's your grandparents? Um, um, Phyllis and Bill Martin. Oh, yes, and they are here this morning. So awesome, right? Well, that's so good. Uh, thank you for being here today and sharing with uh, me today. And so, uh, uh, did y'all like the Christmas Eve service? I know some of you were here at Christmas Eve service, y'all. Did y'all eat all your candy already? You did? You still got some more? You mind if I give you some more? See these bags over there? I need to get rid of You know my Say what? She says she don't mind. She don't mind. I know, I know. I bet Daddy doesn't mind either. How about that? I don't know. You don't know. You don't know. Did you share yours with your Daddy? No. If I get you some day, you share it with your Daddy today, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's a good one. So, so listen. Um, how much should we? I mean, you got a cross on right your neck. How much should we love Jesus? One hundred. Like, um, you should <laughs> love him above. above. Everybody else. Love everybody else. What was it you said? I was about to say that you should love him 165. 165%. Like, that's like over-the-top love, right? That's like the best love, the biggest love ever. How about you? What, what do you say? You should love him forever. 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 How about you, girl? What are you going to say? You love him with all your heart. Oh, all your heart. That's right. What else? And all your soul and all your strength. And all your mind, and all your strength. Oh, that's awesome. And your grandma teach you that? 
No. Your daddy teach you that? Mommy and daddy teach you that? Church teach you that? Love the Lord to God, right? That's a great commandment, right? It's called the great commandment, right? And so who else do you love besides loving God? When you love God with what? All your heart, mind, soul, and strength. What else should you love? Um, what he made for what he made you and what he made for you. Yes, and what he made for you, yes, because everything that God made was good, right? And the book of Genesis talks about that, right? How about, how about each other? What do you think about each other? He said there's another command that's just as important as the first one, to love and God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, right? What's the other command? To love your neighbor as yourself, right? You love your neighbor. And how much do you love your neighbor? As much as you love what? God. All your heart, mind, soul, and strength, right? So that's so cool, man. So, uh, so for 2020, right, I want you to have this vision, okay? I want you to love God with all your 2020 vision, right? So, so I want you to love God. <laughs> so I want you to love God with what? I want you to really focus on loving God with everything that you are. Can you do that? With your whole being. That's every hair on your head. That's every molecule, every fiber of your being. Can you do that? Can you do that? I think, I think, I think, I think your hat, I think your hat is so cool. I love your hat. What is your name? Yes. And I love your bow tie as well. It's very cool too. You're just a cute man. Can I take you home with me? No? Okay. All right. Not be a good idea. We have fun. I got more candy. I'm just kidding. Anyway, but listen. That's what I want you to do. Have a vision. I want you to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And listen, this is the other thing I want you to practice too. Is to love what? Other people as much as you love God. Can we do that? All right. All right. Cool. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's kind of huddle up right here. Let's have a little word of prayer. Can we pray? You mind if I pray? You want to pray? You want me to pray? Me? Okay. You're so cute, man. Man. I'd like to have you for a Christmas present. That would have been awesome. That would have been cool, man. Well, let's pray together, all right? Let's all close our eyes. Let's talk to God. You want to do that? Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time together. Lord, as we embark upon crossing the threshold into a brand new year, Lord, only you know what the year holds forth, but Lord, you also teach us what next year and the years to come hold for us that know you as Savior and Lord of their life. Lord, it's my goal and it's my hope and my prayer for all these precious children up here that you would grow them up to be mighty spiritual giants for your kingdom, Jesus. We ask that you protect them, Lord Jesus, from the evil one and use them for your glory. Lord, we thank you for this time together, and we thank you for all that you're doing. For it's in Christ's name we pray. And all God's children said what? Amen. Amen. That's so cool. Let's give it up for our young people. I want you to go get your bag, take it back to your seat, okay? That's yours to keep forever. But you got to share it, okay? You got to share it, right? All right. You gotta share it. You guys are so precious. So awesome. Go ahead. You can get one, baby. Get one. Oh, she don't want Uh-huh. <laughs> get you one. Hey, Dad, you can come up and get one too when the service is over. <laughs> Brother Daniel is so good. So I'm excited about what God's doing, and uh, if you will open up your Bibles uh, to the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 4, we're going to be embarking in that this morning. I hope you got all your notes, uh, your note sheets uh, from your, um, from your uh, Sunday paper this morning, and so I would ask that you uh, would take some good notes this morning, and uh, we've been going through, uh, we took a break from the book of Acts for the month of December, and so we're finishing up our Christmas series called A Christmas to Remember. So at the end, of the, <clears throat> the end of the service, you have one more thing to put in your little box. If you have a little box, and there's a, there's a, there's a little basket up here. It's got these little cards on here. It has a picture of an angel with a trumpet, and it says A Christmas to Remember, and he's coming again. So this is your final thing to add to your little box uh, for your Christmas tree or your or your shelf at home that, that you want to put your box on as a reminder. So if you've been with us the entire five weeks that we've been doing this, you'll see that uh, the first week we talked about what? We talked about the fact that the Messiah, he's coming, right? We talked that he is coming, he came. We look back and know that he came. But in the Old Testament, they were looking future, they were looking forward to his coming. 
uh, and not so, so much in a lot of ways as well. Uh, they weren't looking for a Messiah that came the way that Jesus came. The nation of Israel was looking for a king come in. And we know for a fact he is the king of kings and lord of lords. Right, church? So there was the great pronouncement of his coming through the Old Testament scriptures. Hundreds of scriptures, hundreds of prophecies in the Old Testament that looked forward to the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Is that important for us to know, church? It is very important for us to know. All those Old Testament prophets, 340 of them that talk about the life of Christ, the Messiah, coming future, coming in the future, written thousand, seven, five, seven hundred thousand years prior to the fact that when Jesus came. And so it was important for us to see that, to understand that. I know it was important because as we've been going through the book of Acts, when Jesus rose from the dead and he spent the 40 days and he was appearing to his disciples and everything, he was teaching them. He wasn't just sitting there for nothing. He was teaching. He opened their eyes and their hearts to the Old Testament scriptures. They were very uh, important for people to understand the Old Testament brought in the new covenant. And, uh, and we see that in Jesus Christ, the Messiah, definitely. And then the second week, we talked about how he came. He came by what? A virgin birth. It was a holy, it was a holy birth, a virgin birth. We see that God's timing was absolutely perfect. And the way that he orchestrated Joseph and Mary and the whole nine yards, everything was perfect time, perfectly timed. Uh, for, for that consummation to take place between the Holy Spirit and Mary herself. And so it was just an important thing. And then the third week, we talked about how Jesus connected with us later on in life. We, he, he connected us, what? Dying on the cross. He connected us with salvation. He connects with us through the Holy Spirit. He connects to us through His Word. And He connects to us uh, through the experiences that we have with Him as we do life and we live for Him. And so we're connected to Jesus Christ for all eternity if we're saved. And then last week, we talked about how he conquered, right? How did he conquer? On the cross. How Jesus sits. Where does Jesus sit? Jesus sits far above, right? He sits far above what? Rulers and authorities, power and dominion. Remember last week? We said that about a gazillion times. Where does Jesus sit? Far above rulers, authorities, power, and dominion. And listen, and where do we sit as believers? We sit right alongside him in the chair, right beside Jesus' chair. For us, spiritually speaking, we are in the heavenly places, according to Ephesians 2. And so, and it's, it's amazing. It's just an awesome thing. God has everything in order. God is not surprised by anything. It should never occur to you that nothing ever occurs to God. Right? Nothing ever occurs to God, ever. He's not surprised. And Lord, we had a hard week this past week. And one of the things I'm having a hard time with right now is the fact that I don't see Marge Har here. But, I, but I'm not having such a hard time because I know where she is. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today, where she is. How can we know for sure where she is? How can we know where we're going? How can we know the way to get there? How can we know about that? And be surprised, so many people don't understand that. What's going to happen in future events? What's going to happen when this big old trumpet blast blasts, right? What's going to happen? And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And so the final part of uh, the part five here of this series, it's a, a, a Christmas to remember. We're going to explore how Jesus is coming again. Amen? He is coming again. So the question this morning is, there's a trumpet call that is going to take place. It's going to happen. It's going to be unmistakable. You're going to hear it as a believer, and you're going to know it's the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's coming. And we're going to talk about that this morning, because, listen, I want you to think about this. I mean, I want to ask you a question. How long, how long do you think you have left before you die? <laughs> yeah, we would think a long time, right? We would think a long time, but any one of us could go right now. How close are we to death? We're one heartbeat away, right? We're one breath away, one heartbeat away from eternity. We are. We live on a delicate uh, planet. We live on a, a thin layer of life that's on planet Earth. You go a little far below the surface of the ground, there's nothing living. You go above 13,000 feet, there's nothing living. It's a very little sliver of where life exists, and we live in that life. And it can be taken away in an instant. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, it can happen, right? And so we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. How long before you die? 
How long before you die? It's something to think about. Let's pick up at 1 Thessalonians uh, 4. It says in, in verse 13, it says, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, Paul writes, as he's trying to encourage his Thessalonians, concerning those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve like the rest who have no hope. Since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, in the same way, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep through Jesus. For we say this to you by revelation from the Lord. We who are still alive at the Lord's coming will certainly have no advantage over those who have fallen asleep. And verse 16, I want you to pay special attention to verse 16. He says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the archangel's voice, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are still alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. And then he says, therefore, comfort. Because of all that, he says, therefore, encourage one another with these words. You see, the Apostle Paul wants us to know what is going to happen. He wants to let you and I know. The Thessalonians had a problem. They were confused about what was going to happen with different things, the afterlife, what was going to happen. And so Paul writes and gives us some instruction, gives the Thessalonians some instructions, gives us instructions this morning of what is going to take place. Paul wants you and I to know the truth and to find comfort in that truth. And so my question is just what can we expect when that trumpet sounds? What can we expect? I think we can expect some tremendous heavenly sounds. As the scripture shows, there's going to be some heavenly sounds. We will hear, number one, we will hear Jesus speak. We will hear Jesus speak. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a what? A shout. That's what he says. What will Jesus say when he comes? What will Jesus, what do you think Jesus will say when he comes? I think, uh, I, think I, I can't help but go back to the book of John in chapter 11 and 43 where, where he was talking to his friend Lazarus that passed away. And Jesus walked up to the tomb and he prayed and it says that Jesus wept there and he asked him to roll the stone away, right? And what did Jesus say? He said, Lazarus, what? Come forth. I think when Jesus comes back and when he shouts, I think he's going to shout, saints, come forth. Or saints, come on out. Come on. Come to me. Jesus is going to call us out as believers. He's going to call us to himself. I think that's going to be an awesome, awesome thing. Number two, I think, I think uh, is the voice of the archangel. It talks about the voice that says, For the Lord himself descend from heaven with a shout, with the archangel's voice. When I look at the archangel, which appears to me in Scripture to be Michael the archangel. If you look at Jude chapter 1, verse 9, which is the only one chapter, right? So verse 9 in Jude, it says, Yet Michael the archangel, when he was disputing with the devil in a debate about Moses' body, did not dare bring an abusive condemnation against him, but said, the Lord rebuke you. And then we can see, that's in the New Testament, you can see in the Old Testament in Daniel 12, 1. At that time it says, Michael, the great prince who stands watch over your people will rise up. There will be a time of of distress such as never has occurred since nations came into being until that time. But at that time, all your people who are found written in the book will escape. In Revelation 12, we see another reference to Michael in verses 7 and 8. It says, Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And it says, The dragon and his angels also fought. But he could not prevail, and there was no place for them in heaven any longer. It seems that Michael would be what I would consider uh, the general over all the angels in heaven. That's what Michael was, the archangel. I call him Sink Angel. It's a military term for commander-in-chief of all the angels. That's Michael, the archangel. He is commander-in-chief. He is head over all the angels. He's in charge to send instructions, listen, to all the angels, assembling them to come with Jesus for his saints, for you and for me. It's going to be an awesome, awesome time. I pray this message is encouragement to all of you. Children, listen close, because this kind of tells, it shares, I'm trying to share with you what's going to happen 
to all of us that know Christ as Savior. In Matthew 24, verse 31, listen to what the Word of God says. It says, He will send out His angels with a loud trumpet. There's that trumpet again. And they will gather His elect from the four winds, from one end of the sky to the other. The message is not, listen, not to, the message for Gabriel is not to repeat the voice of the Son of God. There's no need for that. But listen, Michael will be dispatching the angels to descend upon who? The Lord Jesus himself. To gather the angels around Jesus. To gather the saints that have gone on before around Jesus. That's what's going to happen. So there's the angel. And then the third thing is the sound of the trumpet of God. There's going to be a trumpet blast. It's going to blow. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the archangel's voice, and with the trumpet of God. God uses the sound of a trumpet, listen, to identify his presence. The fact that he's coming. He wants to identify that he's coming for us. We are going to know that Christ is coming. There's not going to be any mistaking it. If you're a believer in Jesus, you're going to hear that trumpet, and you're going to say, it's time. Right? He says we need to be always looking up. Why does he tell us in Scripture to look up? Because our redemption draws near to us. It could happen any moment. It could happen any day. It could happen right now. It could happen at any moment, any time. So let's look again at what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. Jesus Christ will what? Shout! His shout for the saints to come forth. The archangel Michael will call for the assembly of the angels and the saints to descend with him, Jesus, to encompass all around the Lord Jesus Christ, to gather around Jesus. Then there's the trumpet sound where you and I will know that Jesus, listen, is on the way. The dead in Christ will rise first. So what can we expect when the trumpet sounds? An assembly of heavenly hosts. The Lord Jesus coming for what? For his saints. Now listen, when the trumpet sounds, we can also not only hear something, listen, but we can expect to see something. We can hear something, but now we can see something, right? So what are we going to see? We can expect to see the saints of God or those believers that have gone on before us. We're going to see them. Verse 16, the dead in Christ will rise first. The Thessalonians had a question about what would happen with their loved ones who have gone on before us. The question is, what can we expect to see during this time? We can expect to see Jesus coming in all of his glory, in all of his majesty, in all of his power. We're going to see him as he's coming. Listen, we can expect to see the vast army of angels coming with him. Multitudes, remember the shepherds when they were in the field at night and the angel made the pronouncement of the baby Messiah coming? It says multitudes and myriads of angels came and showed up. Scared the living daylights out of them at first. But then they were crying out, hallelujah and hosanna. And they ran straight to Bethlehem to see the King of kings and Lord of lords. I don't know how many angels are in heaven, but there's a lot. A lot. And we're going to see him coming when Jesus blows that horn. It's going to be amazing. It says, then we who are alive, listen to this, can expect to see the most extraordinary event ever in the history of the world. We will see the bodies of all believers, listen, resurrected, that have gone on before. Can you imagine being somewhere in the world and you hear a trumpet blast? Man, maybe you'll be in Walmart or somewhere, you know? You'll be somewhere, you hear a trumpet blast. And you look up and you see Jesus coming. And then all of a sudden you see the myriads of angels that are coming. Millions upon millions of people rising from the dirt, rising from the ashes, rising from the waters, rising from everywhere, the highways, the hedges, they're rising from everywhere. All the people that have died in the graveyards opened up and we're going to see it. In an instant, and these people are going to rise from the dead. We will see the bodies of believers resurrected. Paul is writing a message to those in Thessalonica who were confused about what would happen. Not only will we hear something, not only will we see something, listen, but we will also feel something. Paul gives details to us about what we're going to feel. In 1 Corinthians 15, 51, let's read together. Listen, I'm telling you a mystery. He says, we will not all fall asleep, but we will all be what? Changed. 
He says we will not all be dead when he comes, but we will we that are alive will be what? Changed. There's a generation living today, listen, that is going to be alive when Jesus comes. That could be us right here, right now. We will be working, we'll be playing, we'll be shopping, we'll be visiting family members. We'll be doing all kinds of things. We will, we will not all sleep and listen or be dead, but listen, we will be changed. And I was thinking about that because I started praying many, many, many years ago that Jesus, when you come, I think it would be very cool if, if, if uh, you came back when all my family was together. That could be a prayer I could see fulfilled right now. Huh? Till Friday. <laughs> but wouldn't that be cool? Because that's one of my, I said, man, I would love for us to be together when that trumpet sounds and we're called up to meet the Lord in the air. Think about that for a minute. How glorious is that going to be? That would be awesome. Something to think about. Just something to think about. But Jesus, man, mm, it's going to happen. We're not going to, when we least expect it, it's going to happen. Hopefully we should expect it, right? 1 Corinthians 15, 52 says this. It says, in a moment, this is how it's going to happen, folks. Children, this is how it's going to happen. In a moment, in the blink of an eye. Hey, kids, blink your eyes. Right? In the blink of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible. In other words, immortal. And we will be changed. We're going to feel something. What are we going to feel? It's a mystery. Not sure, but our bodies will be transformed into a substance, into a supernatural body. A supernatural body was like Jesus' body. Our body will know nothing. He didn't say anything. He just says, here, Thomas, give me your finger and touch my side, touch my wounds. We're going to be like Jesus. I don't know what we're going to be like, but I know we're going to be like Jesus. It's going to be amazing. Time and space is not going to contain us. I can't even fathom, imagine that. There, I mean, superheroes have nothing on what we're going to be like when we come to know Jesus, when Jesus comes back for his church. A body that can be transported in an instance into the presence of Almighty God. He says in verse 52, in a moment. Just how fast is a moment? Listen, the word in a blink or a twinkle of an eye. Listen, there's a Greek word. It's a Greek word that means Adam. It means Adam. It's even quicker than a blink. An atom is so small you can't even see it. So fast, faster than you can blink. 1 Thessalonians 4.17 says, Then we, listen to this, who are alive will be caught up, will be raptured up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Why? Because our bodies will change. We will change. So what, what will we feel? You might have a question, what will we feel? Listen, I don't know for sure, but hey, listen, we will feel and experience something that we have never felt or experienced before. I want you to think about that. And we will probably never feel again. So what's going to happen? We, listen, we that are all in Christ will be caught up into the air forever to forever be with the Lord. That's going to be awesome. Now, where are we going to be? Where are we going to spend? Where are we going to be when we go? John 14, 3, I think Jesus said it pretty plainly in John 14, 3. He said, if I go away, he says, and prepare a place for you, I will come back and receive you to myself, so that where I am, you may be also. Every believer in Christ sitting in this room right now has this promise. If you're a believer, you're gonna, when you're going to leave one day, you're going to be absent by the presence of the Lord. When Marge Har left Monday, listen, she was absent. From her body, but she was present immediately in front of Jesus. And uh, and Linda told me the other day. I talked to her on the phone the other day, and she says, "You know what she found out? She said she had a dear sweet friend. Now, Sister Marge was ninety three years old. Ninety three years old. She was ninety three, ninety two, ninety three. She was right. I think she was ninety three. But listen, listen what Linda told me. She said she had a dear friend in Nebraska. She said they just found out, and this was a friend that she went through." Military cadet nursing training with back in the 1940s, 30s and 40s. I think 1940s. And listen, this friend in Nebraska that she had was, was in a home somewhere, and she passed away the same week that Marge did. 
dear, dear sweet friend of hers she hadn't seen for, the last time she saw her was in 2014. I heard that, I said, what? And she says, Brother Phil, Pastor Phil, I can just imagine that Marge is going hand in hand with her friend into the gates of heaven to be with Jesus. My own kids have a granddaddy. They just had a service for this past week. He's in heaven. I know he's in heaven. He's a godly man. He loved the Lord Jesus. I had no doubt. So he got to meet Marge. <laughs> I see how to meet him and everybody else that's up there, right? It's going to be such an incredible, incredible, incredible time for all of us. One day soon, when he resurrects these bodies of ours, whether in the grave or alive and living, he's going to resurrect us. Our body and soul are going to meet in the air. So what does it mean that when he comes, he's going to bring with him those who have passed on before? 1 Thessalonians 4.14 talks about, since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, in the same way God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep through Jesus. This is proof that those who have died before, listen, are not in the grave, but they're with who? They're with Jesus. They're in his presence right now. Here, it's that he will bring the dead with him, and we who are alive are going to be caught up to join them in the air. For to ever be with the Lord forever and forever and forever. The soul and the spirit of our loved ones are already with him. So we look at what God has prepared for his children. Listen, There's a heaven for his children. Bodies that are absolutely perfect like Jesus. Anything less than that wouldn't be Jesus. Wouldn't be what we know Jesus to be in the Bible. So we can all expect to hear something, see something, and we can expect to feel something. So how is all this going to feel? None of us really know. One thing for sure is it's going to feel absolutely wonderful and perfect. How long will it take? Instantly, very short. We are going to feel something that no one would ever be able to describe. But something that none of us here would ever want to miss. Amen? I wouldn't want to miss it. When the trumpet sounds, you and I can know what to expect. We can expect the most glorious meeting in all of human history. And when Jesus comes, he's going to come with what? His angels. He's going to come, listen, with the souls and spirits of those who have gone on before him. Family members, friends, all those people that we miss. He says the dead in Christ will rise first. He says their souls and spirits will reunite reunite with the bodies from everywhere. And we will be transformed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Together we are going to meet the Lord where? In the air, and we will forever be with the Lord. Can you imagine what kind of homecoming that's going to be? What kind of meeting that is going to be? Verse 17, Thessalonians says, Then we who are still alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. And then he says in 18, he says, Therefore, because of that, he says, Therefore, encourage or comfort one another with these words. We need to encourage other. What is comfort? Listen, you and I are just here temporarily. We're just here for a moment. This world is not our home. And so many times people live like this world's their home. It's not. It's our temporary place. We're just here for a little while. We're going to be resurrected. The only thing you and I are going to lose at death is what? These old bodies that are broken, that are hurting, that are struggling. They're having a hard time getting up in the morning. Or staying in it, right, right. I mean, think about that for a minute. Sometimes we feel like we're trapped in our own broken bodies because we are. And the liberating thing, when death comes, God's going to free us from these old, broken, decrepit bodies that are dying and perishing every day. There are sick people who feel trapped in a broken body. You know them. We see it all the time. And you see, that's not really who you are. These bodies are not really who we are. They're just a mere shell. You see, at death, God wants to liberate us from disease and sickness. All of it. That's comfort. Listen, God sets us free from what? All sin when we, when, we're, when we leave. God sets us free from all temptations when we leave. Listen, God sets us free from all sickness. God sets us free, listen, with a freedom we could never experience down here on earth. We're going to be so free, it's hard to even imagine and think. God is going to resurrect us. We are going to have this great meeting in the air. 
A great meeting of love. It's going to be love. A great meeting with Jesus face to face. We're going to see Jesus face to face. It's going to be a great meeting. A great meeting of family members and loved ones who have gone on long before. Some of them. Haven't seen for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. What a great homecoming. I'm sure Marge, man, being 93, I'm sure she met people, she saw people she ain't seen in probably 50, 60, 70 years. Can you imagine? It's a long time to be separated from loved ones and friends. A great meeting of friends, long gone. The greatest meeting that will ever take place is the meeting of the saints, listen, of God in glory in heaven. In the presence of the Lord Jesus who saved us. So I want you to listen closely. Wouldn't you agree that it would be kind of ridiculous or foolish to live your life selfishly, listen, knowing that one of these days you're going to die? It's a fact. You don't have to look, read the Bible to know you're going to die. You just look around you. Look how you feel. It will happen one of these days sooner than we expect. You're going to die. Isn't it foolish to live your life not knowing what's going to happen to you when you die? Isn't it foolish to live your life even if you don't believe in God, not knowing what's on the other side? We have no earthly idea. Some people say, well, I don't know what's, what's going to happen when I die. Isn't it foolish not knowing what's going to happen when you can know? Think about that. The real question is, isn't it foolish to live your life without God? Very foolish to live your life without God. Isn't it foolish to die knowing one of these days you will die with no hope? When you can have, listen, the absolute assurance that your body is going to be resurrected from the grave to go into the presence of God. It would be foolish not to know that. Isn't it foolish to live that life without hope and assurance? So you say, well, how do I get that hope? Well, it's very simple. When you say, I do believe in the Bible. I do believe Jesus came to die for my sin. It's so simple. Jesus made it so simple. A little child can understand. And I've seen little children. I've seen children three and four and five years old come to know Jesus as Savior. If it's easier for them to understand it, what holds us back as adults? You know what holds you back? You hold yourself back and listen, and Satan blinds your eyes so that you can't see the truth. Jesus wants everybody to be saved. He died that all would come to the knowledge of the truth. That's why he died. For the world. Every human being. But there's going to be many that are not going to, uh, to receive his salvation. Hundreds of thousands of people die every day without knowing Jesus as Savior. How sad and pitiful that is. Just ask Jesus to forgive you of your sin. That's how you do it. You tell Jesus, I have messed up with my life. I have messed it up royally. I have blown it. I have rebelled and said, I did not believe in the Lord. I want to believe today. I'm willing to believe and accept that Jesus died for my sin at Calvary. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of all my sins. Save me right now. And when he saves you, listen, your sin is forgiven. You're a child of a loving God. And listen, and the Bible says you are sealed until the day that he takes you home. And no one can ever snatch you out of his hands. No one. It's a wise woman or a wise man who will see their need for the truth of his word and who he is our Savior, our Lord, our Master and King. When we recognize him as our Savior. Make this, folks, a Christmas to remember. Or better yet, a Christmas, listen, to never forget. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, you know, he's coming again. You need to be ready. Because listen, when Jesus is coming again, he's not messing around. (laughs) He's not messing around. This is the time right now when we need to make decisions for Jesus. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe God has spoken to your heart this morning. I don't know. But I know God speaks. I know his word doesn't return empty. 
And you heard enough of it to save the whole world this morning. Jesus loves you with an everlasting love. Jesus voluntarily laid his life down for you. He came on mission. He was on a mission, and his mission was to seek and to save those who are lost. That's all of us. Many of us in here have tasted, tasted that salvation, and we are sealed to the day of redemption. But there may be some here this morning that doesn't know Jesus the Savior. And I would ask you this morning to think in your heart, is God touching your heart? Has God spoken your heart this morning? And if he has, I want to encourage you. Man, let go. Quit holding on to yourself. Quit being selfish with yourself. Jesus died on the cross for your sin to wash it all away. He did that 2,000 years ago. Your sin was already nailed to the tree 2,000 years ago. Believe that he did that for you. Trust in his salvation through his death on the cross, his burial, and his resurrection. Can you do that this morning? I can pray a simple little prayer, but it can't get you nowhere. You've got to be serious with God yourself. You've got to pray and ask Jesus to come into your heart and your life. And so I ask you now, if you want to receive Jesus Christ as Savior, just pray a little simple little prayer like this. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Wash away all my sin stains. I believe that you died for me on the cross. I believe that you rose from the dead just for me. Help me, Lord, that I would repent and I would turn away. I would turn around the opposite direction of where I'm going and chase after you with all my heart. Help me to repent. Help me to believe that you did that for me. I trust in you, Jesus, today as my Savior and as my Lord. Now, with no one looking around this morning, is anybody here? They may have prayed that prayer to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior this morning in the house. Anybody at all? Anybody? Amen. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this message. This is an encouraging message, a message of hope, a message that is unlike any other message, Lord, is a message of your return for your children, and we are your children. And Lord, and during this time, we're going to be partaking of the Lord's Supper And I would ask that my men would come forward as we receive the Lord's Supper. But I want to ask each and every one of you here today to think about your life right now before you partake in the Lord's Supper. Uh, Make sure you assess your life and your situation and the sin in your life. If there's sin in your life, you need to purge it from you. The Bible teaches us, uh, Paul taught us in 1 Corinthians in uh, chapter 11, uh, verse 27 says, Therefore, whoever eats in the bread, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy way will be guilty of sin against the body and the blood of the Lord. So a man should examine himself in this way. He should eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For whoever eats and drinks without recognizing the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. This is why many are sick and ill among you and many have fallen asleep. If we were properly evaluating ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we may not be condemned with the world. Do not partake of this Lord's Supper if you're not saved. uh, And if you're not right with the Lord this morning. Because you bring judgment on yourself is basically what he's saying there. And I would not want anyone to do that this morning. So examine your heart this morning. Make sure you're found pure. Confess your sins. He's faithful just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So I just want to pray to that. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for this morning. I thank you, Lord, for this time together. Lord, it's my prayer, God, that you would just uh, touch all of our lives right now. Help us to examine ourselves fully from head to toe, from inside out. Lord, that there's not any wayward way found in us, God, as we prepare to take in remembrance your supper. Father, we thank you, Jesus, for instituting this 2,000 years ago. Lord, and we do this in remembrance of you this morning. I thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. I thank you, Lord, for forgiving all people here, Father, this morning. And it's our prayer, God, that we honor you, the significance of this time, 
and how important it is. We give you praise, we give you honor, and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. It is said on the night before he was betrayed, at the conclusion of the feast of the Passover, which he and his disciples were celebrating, that he took bread, and having blessed it, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your body. Lord, your sinless, selfless, sacrificial body that was given for us. You were perfect without sin. You who knew no sin became sin for us. And so, Lord, during this time as we pass out the bread, help us to be reminded of how your body was whipped, battered, broken, and killed for each and every one of us. Father, we thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead.
In John 6, 58, this is what the Lord Jesus said himself. He said, this is the bread that came down from heaven. It is not like the manna your fathers ate and they died. The one who eats this bread will live forever. Take and eat. Go ahead and eat. Thank you, Jesus. On that same night, our Lord took the cup, and after giving thanks, he said, this is what he said, take this and share it among yourselves. For I tell you from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this drink. The fact that you poured your body out, you poured your blood out for each one of us. Lord, you saved us. Lord, you pour out your last drop of blood for each and every one of us. We know, God, that without the shedding of the blood, that there's no removal or remission of our sin. And so, Lord, you spilled your blood out in agony on the cross, Lord, to wash us clean forever. Lord, we're eternally grateful for your sacrifice for us. And we thank you, Lord, that you could cry out, it is finished. Lord, you did it. It is finished. It's a done deal. Lord, you have sealed the deal for us through the shedding of your blood. And Lord, no one can take that away from us that know you. And Lord, we're just so grateful for that this morning. We thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. Amen. And amen.
in 1 Corinthians 11.25. He says, in the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. He said, do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. In 1 John 1, 7, he said, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen. It says in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six, for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, he says, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Father, we just thank you and praise you, Lord, for this time that we can partake of this Lord's Supper. Father, Lord, remember you and all that you have done in the past 2,000 years ago, all that you're doing today in this body, in this fellowship, in these people, and all that you're going to do in the future, Lord. Lord, may we never forget the incredible sacrifice that you made, Lord, to leave heaven's glory, to come to earth, to take on skin, Lord, to die on a cross, all because you loved us so, so much. Father, we give you praise. We give you honor and glory. And, Lord, the best way we can give you praise, honor, and glory is to live our life in obedience to your perfect will. Help us, Lord, to do that. Lead us. Show us the way. Guide us every step. And, Father, we give you honor and glory and praise for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. One of the things that Jesus did with his disciples is when they finished having the Lord's Supper, it says that they sang a hymn. They sang a hallel, actually. Uh, so what I want us to sing as we depart this morning. It's good to have you this morning. Good to have our guests in the house and our families that are here. We're so grateful for that. Just a reminder, Wednesday, there's no activities. Wednesday. And enjoy your New Year's. And I would suggest that you pray. Spend Huge amounts of time in prayer this week contemplating 2020 and what God has in store for you personally, your family, uh, your church family, and, uh, and just to, and to see God use us mightily in 2020 to reach the world for Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's sing together. Let's do Amazing Grace. Let me do that. Amazing Grace, let's do it. You're so good at it. Amazing Grace. How sweet a sound.